Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we were joined in the studio by Troy Hawk. The fantastic man mm. in the smoking jacket. Who, Very funny. From the Greeters Guild, who yes. uh, was uh, shops, uh, events, and of course Manchester City's training ground, and uh, most, most recently their open-top bus. So we're, we got an insider's take on what went on at the bus with uh, Milo McCabe, as he's known, Troy, of course, just a character. And we were also joined by Finn Tapp, who mm. was the winner of Love Island the year before last, and also... Um, an ex-footballer who now works with uh, young academy players. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, very, very interesting stuff. So uh, Finn was on good form. We had a chat about various bits and pieces. Oh, yes. So I think that should keep you busy. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon. You're just having a little chat to yourself today, aren't you? <laughs> isn't it a shame, right. isn't it? <laughs> You go and see Nan, she's having a little chat to so herself. Well, I guess the Chelsea website, every abusive, abusive message to me is, is ageist. It's all about really? old this, old that. I won't say what the other bits are. Is it is it the ism, really, that doesn't... You well, know, it's... Should, it's I, should I back off, Andy? No, well, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me because, okay. you know, I am what I am, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> you are your own special creation. I am. Yeah. I am old, aren't I? So yeah. there's no point pretending that I'm not. Breaking news here on TalkSport understands that Andy Jacobs oh, is old. I told you that woman at Andy Smart's funeral thought I was 57. That was a great, that was great news for me. Okay. Anyway. Well, it's not actually news. It's no, just, not, it's, not news. You aren't 57, <laughs> whatever she says. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Um, talking about Andy, I, really, I just finished listening to the tribute that John put together. If you haven't heard it, I do yeah. recommend it. If you're it. a fan of Andy's work on the it's show, very, very late enjoyable. great friend Andy Smart, yeah. it's, uh, it's a kind it's of, uh, a bit of an hour special we did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there are some... Yeah, he was uh, he was a great joiner in a, and always good company. But if you get a chance to listen to it, it's a good listen. Definitely. Now, so, oh, yeah. I would say the money on offer from Saudi is balmy. Do you see N'Golo Kante? Yeah. He's going to earn £2 million a week. He's only he played five games I last know. year. And you, yeah, I mean, honestly, then it's mad. Hope he's had a rigorous medical <laughs> when he's gone there because he's he's been struggling a little bit, hasn't he? We should take bets. I reckon within five games, his hamstring's gone. Well, there's That's another big player linked to Saudi. We'll be discussing that with uh, our own John. Well, John Cross from the Mirror. He feels like our own, even though he works for them. He's, he's on so often. That's he true. feels like our own. But no, we'll catch up with Crossy a little One bit of later our on. Own. Um, what else have we got? I've Andy? got Jack Grealish. Um, oh, yeah, have you? Wearing pajamas. Yeah. Um, this is a big fashion, isn't it? It's these Dolce and Gabbana silk 
Yeah. It's still pajamas. I go winciet myself. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't look quite so good wandering in that that long nightgown, looking like James Finlayson in the Lauren Hardy films. It's a strange fashion, that isn't it? Yeah. I don't quite get it, but he, I think he looks good. He looks well, good. You know, Jack would look good in anything. It's a good look, isn't it? The son showbiz writer has fallen in love with him. He says, uh, "Oh, right, okay." He says, "I've developed a new crush." And un- in an unlikely spot, the surprise entry at the top of my list of affections is Jack Grealish, yeah. the superstar midfielder who was shirtless and clutching a cold pint, blah, 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 you know, etc. Et he kissed the hand of... I want to be his mate. I want his looks. I just want to be like him. Oh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he kissed the hand of uh, Troy Hawk of the Greeters Guild yeah, when, uh, he when he climbed up the stairs of the open-top bus, and we'll be catching up with Troy a little bit later on. He, he was reacquainted. He probably saw that viral uh, clip of uh, mm. Troy the man in the smoking jacket. It's very good. Um, greeting the Manchester City players at training at the start of the season. Mm. They looked a bit nonplussed at the time, but it went viral. Yeah. And they were clearly pleased to see him yeah. uh, on the top of the open top. That's uh, true. It was nice. So anyway, we will catch up with Troy, see what that was like. Um, and, oh yeah, a couple of things. One thing to get going mm. on. The fine musician and singer uh, Ben Harper mm. um, was did a little piece in uh, the Metro newspaper the other day. And he said, your family, he was asked about a famous music store that his family used to run. And he said, yeah, they still do. I think with the oldest family-run, owned and operated music store in California, Leonard Cohen would come in quite often and would just hang out, just doing gags. They're doing a bunch of stuff. Um, he was brilliant uh, and uh, yes, conversational and lovely and witty and hysterical. But I can't Who, fair, Leonard Cohen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was... It, he, yeah, he didn't do a lot of novelty songs, but the songs are not weren't like that. Were well, they? Uh, my grand, uh, my grandfather refused to give Joni Mitchell a discount on a guitar. He says, mm, and mistake, she it? put out a cigarette on the floor. Uh, the well, butt, she could have stubbed it out on the guitar. That's yeah, true. The butt is in our archive somewhere. He said it's Joni Mitchell. So they. Yeah, they kept the cigarette butt from uh, from uh, Joni Mitchell when she came into the shop. So I thought, can we reopen the doors? Oh, yes. You still got that. Bit I've of still paper. got that. But look at this bit of paper. <laughs> if I shut a camera too, that look is at that sort of one yellow. It's like parchment. It is. Um, but uh, yeah, we've reopened the doors of the alternative football museum. Let oh, me really remind yeah. you, Talksport listeners, of some of the items we have. The headlight windscreen wiper off of Laurie McMenemy's Mercedes. Beautiful. That's always goes down well when people who visit. These are actual things that listeners... Listeners told us about. We always love it when yeah. you add to the list. We've got the spark plug from the former Coventry manager John Sillett's ride-on lawnmower. Um, we've got Steve Perriman's fillings taken by a dental nurse <laughs> really? after Steve went in there for a husband who was a Tottenham fan. Said, I brought these home, thought you might like these. <laughs> oh, well, what are they? That's Steve Perriman's, that's the skipper's fillings. <laughs> that's not great, is it? We've got the right-hand uh, wing mirror of Emmeline Hughes' black BMW. Um, front driver's side, uh, it tells us here. A toaster signed by Charlie Nicholas, which always goes down well. Uh, our personal favourite, a dead budgie, once owned by the ex-Scotland keeper, Alan Ruff. It was pressed, wasn't it, between bloke, a book? Yeah, bloke was working up in Alan's loft, and the budgie got up there and it died And um, mm. uh, while he was doing the work in the loft. And the, he took the budgie and he flattened it like it was, you know... Like a in a book, like a, like a flower. Well, it was dead, obviously. Yeah, it was a real, um, the the thermocoupler the <laughs> from Ramon Vega's boiler. Who else? Uh, everybody loves to come and see that. <laughs> the emerald green toilet seat from Frank Stapleton's bathroom. Although, having said that, I did ask Frank about this. 
and he denied he ever had an emerald green toilet seat. Well, he probably would. Um, why? Why would you not want people to know <laughs> well, that? You know, I've um, no idea. Uh, the work visa belonging to Sasa Kirkic, the old um, Palace player, mm. and Graham Roop's blood-soaked cricket glove he used to mop up his broken nose. Just some of the items. Uh, yeah, what about a, um, a cotton bud used by Wayne Rooney has been added uh, to it these days. Really? Brooklyn Beckham's cock features in there I wonder as well. what you're saying there. For yes. A, <laughs> a Veruca sock signed by Wednesday's... Yeah, a Veruca sock signed by Wednesday's David Hurst. Jermaine Pennant's... Uh, we saw him last night, didn't we? Jermaine Pennant's tumble dryer heater cover. Hmm. Just some of the items, if you would like to pop along and... Uh, Proves the items in the Alternative Football Museum. Uh, talksport.com forward slash HNJ, text to 81089. We're always looking for new items. Keep them coming. Um, we should... Yes, it's... Um, do you want to hear that bit of audio from the start of the show? That noise? See, yes, there was yeah, a noise. Yeah. You've forgotten it already, and you no, give me a I thousand yards. No, I am just thinking, I'm thinking about dear John Hollins, <laughs> I wanted to mention. Well, him. we will do that in a minute, yeah, but yeah. let's hear that first. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs with you through until four here on TalkSport Where this afternoon. Tell us, Andy, what's coming up? Wow. <laughs> coming up over the next three hours. What's wrong with you? I don't know. It was a funny noise. It was me. It went... You, <laughs> well, I don't know why I've done that. I've not done it since. <laughs> it was very, very off-putting. Really? Okay. Well, I won't do it again. <sighs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. We'll talk a bit of Celtic later on. It looks like Brendan Rodgers could be coming back. We'll chat to one Celtic writer that feels it's the good call, despite what uh, happened last time. It's time to forgive Brendan, he says. He'll be telling us why uh, a little bit later mm. on. But before that, uh, we, you probably saw on the uh, Manchester City um, victory parade the other day, the open top bus, um, Troy Hawk from the Greeters Guild was reacquainted with his old mates amongst the uh, City players. He was waiting for them at the top of the stairs to welcome them to the parade, uh, having met them uh, earlier in the season at the training ground and made quite the impression. Anyway, this is some of the highlights of uh, uh, Troy on the bus with the players. Welcome to the victory parade. Drink it in. Time for fun, fun. The tremendous Nordic meat shield. And you're still evolving. I can't imagine your final form. There'll be meat turrets everywhere. Uh, there we go. There he is. You turn like a Swiss clock. Thank you, mate. I, I love it. There he is. There he is. You, you played like Columbo. Oh, yeah? Nothing got past you. Uh, thank you. Nothing. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh, no, don't. Oh. Here he is. Now look, I, I know it didn't go well last time. Can we try again? Can we try again? You have the face of an angel and the calves of a baby rhinoceros. How's that? Thank you. I'm Jack. I'm sorry I discombobulated you. Hello, Kevin. I'm sorry about your injury. Adversity is the mother of evolution. In the 1980s, in, against West Ham, Jan Mulvey got every tooth kicked out of his head. Best thing that ever happened to him. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true, actually. No, probably not. I'm not, not. sure that's yeah, true. Kevin De Bruyne loved it, though. It was really yes, laughable, yeah, he did, and Nathan Ake did as well. Um, so, yes, Troy Hawk of the Greeters Guild, Milo McCabe joins us. Hi, Milo. Hello, how are you guys doing? Um, you're getting a very rare out-of-character interview. Yes. Well, we're, we're on <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we kind of guessed that, yeah, mm. they probably realised yeah. this wasn't you all the time. Uh, cry, yeah, Cryogenically exactly. unfrozen. Think, um, yeah. I don't, I don't think some of the players know I'm not a character. Though, <laughs> they really, I mean, because you met them earlier in the season, obviously it went viral and they would have watched it back and they, they kind of get it now. They did seem quite pleased. They seemed pleased to see you. 
Yeah, I, I mean, uh, to be honest, if they're if I'm ever going to catch them in a good mood, yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was interesting because uh, obviously we 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 kept it. The social media team there's great, mm. so they kept it an absolute. They had to jump through so many hoops to get me there for the preseason shoot. And and nobody knew I was going to be there. Like they managed to keep it a total surprise, and they also managed to do it this time as well. So we they didn't know I was coming up. They hadn't been prepped or anything. And from my point, I didn't know if they would remember or it would be a thing. Um, but I, I found out later from Calvin Phillips, uh, who's the nicest man in, in the world, by the way. <laughs> Good. In the world, nicest dude in the world, most down-to-earth, lovely man you'd ever meet anywhere. He told me, apparently, that, yeah, they've been torturing uh, Jack Grealish with that video all season. So they <laughs> they all knew exactly who I was. Yeah. Relief. Yeah. And the Jan Mulby thing, even Nathan yeah. Ake came back came back with, with uh, yeah. at you with a bit of Jan Mulby. And that, Jan. That, mm. that blew my mind because obviously <laughs> I made the Colombo reference. He played like Colombo, nothing mm. got past you. Yeah. He went to move away from me and I said, just one more thing. Mm. And for me, that was the interaction over, right? <laughs> I've, I've slipped in the Colombo reference. I've done the Colombo catchphrase. Just one more thing. And he turned around and he went, what would Jan Mulby say? It <laughs> blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. It's a very funny concept. And uh, the greeter is quite an old-fashioned thing. There used to be a bloke called Di Llewellyn. I think he was m m sort of related to somebody who knew Princess Margaret. Yeah. And his job was to greet people at this club. Well, Nightclubs. Wedges. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do it outside Poundland, though, and the way that Chris Quentin, <laughs> no, Chris Quentin, who played he Brian was, Tills. Yeah, we once went to Stringfellows mm. once. In a long story, we did a TV show together and... Uh, and with Jenny Eclair and, and Peter Stringfellow was a guest and he invited us to Stringfellow's. Mm. And we were greeted at the door and looked after by Coronation Street's Chris Quinton, it's who true. led us past Pete's table. It was like Goodfellas, <laughs> wasn't it? To be led and meet everybody on his table. It was a weird, very parallel universe. They'd gone out of fashion, so it was the, well, it's good you to revived see. it. In, in that smoking jacket, which is always a joy to see. Or dressing yeah, gown. I, I'm not quite sure I, what it is. It's a, it is a smoking jacket, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Troy is the country's leading exponent of non-consensual customer service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, not, not, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, Troy, because early on, you would, one of the one of the joys of your videos was you getting moved on by. So Jobsworth would come out of whatever shop you're outside, and so you can't stand here. And you you say you've cleared it with head office, and yeah. they should ring Jan Mulby at head office because he said it was okay. But I suppose the note has, has the notoriety affected it? Has it affected the character, or is there still enough people out there that don't necessarily know what's going on? Um, no, I I literally did a shoot for comic relief. Mm. And we picked a, a TK Maxx and I made, because when, when you do something like this for TV, they're always very concerned about moving parts and things they can't control. And I said, do not tell the management. Absolutely. If you want a good video, do not tell them. And they were like kind of nervous about it. But then the management came out and they didn't know who I was. And they were super worried because their head of, the European head of TK Maxx or whatever was coming that day. Right. So they were super worried about me being there on that day. But what they didn't realize is she was coming there that day for that shoot. 
because oh. the comic relief people were there. Right. So so I did. I still got this natural reaction. So there are still enough people that don't know, but it's uh, it's not as easy to catch that anymore, certainly. Yeah. I mean, Harland absolutely didn't have a... I think he still doesn't quite know no. what I am, why <laughs> yeah, I, I think am. he got it a bit like, more this time. Yeah, a little I, yeah, bit. Well, yeah, what was, it, what was interesting was where I was editing the video upstairs and after the they do the part, they do the, the bus and they go on stage in front of the people and then they filter into this little party, which is essentially players, staff, whatever. And we were upstairs editing and I came down and I was still sort of in character and everything. I came down to get a drink, but I didn't want to bother any of them because they're they're having their moment Mm. so as i'm i see harland and i go to walk past him and he kind of holds his hands out like are you not going to talk to me (laughs) and i was like i was was like of course he didn't say that but that was like inherent with his gesture he's like hey hey buddy because we've never actually talked to each other i've only talked at him Mm. um and i just i just sort of like (laughs) he gave me gave me a little hug (laughs) <laughs> and I could see him sort of trying to suss me out. It was just, and, and the vibe I got was, I don't get you, but I think my mates like you and think <laughs> you're funny. So I'm going to try and work out what that's all about. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And the um, Nordic meat shield, I'm surprised that's yeah. not a T-shirt and a mug, uh, really. It seems it seems perfect, really. Or a big flag that uh, the Etty had. Yeah, I mean, if, as soon as I see that on a flag at a game, uh, I think I can retire. And I this, think I'll, I'll have, yeah, that'll got, be that would be tremendous. Well, I think it's only a matter of time. This love of Jan Mulby, the way you, you, you know, he's from, uh, he loves it as well, doesn't he? I've seen him replying to you on social media. He's he's bought into the whole thing, Jan. He was very confused at first, like when it all <laughs> when it all started kicking off. Because I met him because uh, this brilliant company called Merwalls did a "What Would Jan Mulby Do" uh, mural at Anfield. It's incredible. <laughs> but we met each other for the first time at the unveiling of that mural, and he told me like when it all started going nuts and he was trending on Twitter and stuff. His mum in Denmark got really worried. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was and trendy. she was like, "Jan." What is this about? What have you done? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I suppose, what would Jan Mulby do? It's like, what's Jan Mulby done? What's he done to be suddenly getting in this notoriety, of course, yeah. Do do, do you know the worst thing is, is poor Jan, people keep coming up to him, to his face and saying, what would Jan Mulby do? (laughs) It's kind of a difficult rhetorical question to answer when you're doing literally what Jan Mulby would be doing. Yeah. I think, you're, the shops. I think you are now a lucky charm for City. I think that's mm. partly it. Look at the season. They, to see you at the start of the season, they go out and they win the treble, and then you're there at the end of the season. I think, I think you, you know, maybe they're feeling that. It's very, very, very daft. But um, <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne literally told me to my face that I was the reason that they won the treble. <laughs> Not Pep. I bet that went down no. well. No, not not Pep's wonderful supercomputer brain that's constantly solving fifteen different equations mm. simultaneously, or Haaland's innate world-beating once-in-a-generation talent, or anything like that. Yeah. No, a guy in a smoking jacket <laughs> delivering compliments. Preseason, it's all down to me. Do you have a team? Do you support a team? No, I'm not. I'm not a football fan. My friends hate me. One of my comedian friends retweeted that video and said, I can't believe the person who I know who knows the least about football 
is actually in this position. I'm not. I'm. I'm not a football head. I'm not involved. Mm. I'm. I'm an emotional control freak. And basically, I can't remember if it was 2004 or 2006, but the whole Rooney Ronaldo wink against Portugal. Mm. I like at that point, I went. I am. It was like splitting up with a girlfriend that gets you in fights or causes. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? I was like, I'm done. I'm not having this anymore. I cannot. I'm. I'm out. I'm out. Wow. I'm out. Yeah. Now the, yeah. we should be before we let you go. Uh, the character Troy Hawk that you do is something you develop in, uh, as a stand-up. Uh, yeah. Actor. And you are touring currently. Are you got a bunch of gigs coming up, Troy? Or yes. Milo, and sorry. people people don't know um, this about me as that's you know that's that's been my sort of day job if you like. Uh, I've been doing Troy full time on the comedy circuit since 2015. And I think when people come to the shows, that that they they some of these people just think they're going to get greeted for an hour. Yeah. Um. So the bar's pretty low, but yeah, I've extended my tour again, and I'm doing like Belfast, Dublin, Nottingham, Birmingham, uh, Liverpool, whole bunch of places. Uh. Yeah. Over uh, across July, and I think a few are sold out. But obviously, I'd love as many people to come yeah. as possible. And you, you're working on a new show, and you've got some work in progress <laughs> stuff you're doing as well. Yes. I'm I'm yeah. currently um uh, I'm bashing out the new hour and I'm going to be doing a few low key work in progress shows in Brighton and then I'm going to do a week at the end of the Edinburgh Festival as well. So if you like your comedy sort of half formed, not quite there yet, <laughs> occasional occasional frown as a performer looks at some notes on a stall. If if that is your bag, then come to the work in progress shows. 100%. Excellent. Good to talk to you again, Milo. All the best. Take care. Always. Always is. Thank you so much for having me on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport with us for until four o'clock in the second hour of the show. Mm. Fintap of Love Island fame, former MK Don's player, will be popping in to talk about his work with young pros. Uh, The guys that maybe... talk about Love Island because I've never seen it. Okay, well, they're, they're... I always kind of saw you on that sort of Masters, rink, the wrinkly version of Love Island they were, they were planning to do. Mike Parry's going to be on that. Mike Parry wants to be on it as well, so you'd be a right win, double you two. Oh, yeah. uh, Bob Bubka joins us. US Open gets underway tomorrow. He'll give us his uh, tips. It's um, going to be a bit of a weird tournament. They've got the backdrop of everything that's gone on with this new merger. And yeah, well, we'll get, it is. We'll get Bob's thoughts on that. And Steve Harmison joins us. Ashes just a couple of days away. And Steve knows uh, what you need to do to win it. We'll get his thoughts on the pitch now. We've seen it at Edgbaston and, uh, and you know, there's a selection um, dilemma, really, for McCullum and Stokes, and that's probably going to be wood or broad. So yeah, one or the other. Yeah, depends on the weather as well. And, you know, broad, so, thing about broad, he's got the, you know, he has got the wood, as they say, on, on uh, David Warner. Warner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, is that enough of a reason? I mean, it's a long. I mean, there's a lot of games being played in a short mm. space of time. So yeah, but psychologically, you want to do well in the first test. Yeah. It's pretty important. And Mark would gives you that raw pace that you haven't got from anybody else. Mm. So it'll be interesting with yeah. Harmy's take on that. Um, Steve, sorry, and Tim Vickery joins us from Rio a little bit later on. But uh, we've reopened the doors of the Twisted uh, Memorabilia, the Alternative Football Museum. And for, off the back of that, we've found ourselves mm. getting lots of examples of wanting, uh, seeing a famous person, wanting to get the autograph, but not having the autograph book on you. Why would you? You have to pick up something. 
mm. uh, to get them to sign it. For example, John from Hull said, to met Billy Whitehurst, age 16. The only thing I had to get an autograph on was my history school book. He signed the page after my Russian Revolution essay. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that, John. Uh, as a boy at Corfu Airport, I asked Jeremy Beadle for an autograph. He signed my face. I thought it was very cool. And returning to my parents, I was proud as anything. They probably weren't massively impressed. You should have got it tattooed. That's the thing when you get it. Wait, okay, so Jeremy Beadle, you're at an airport, you're a kid, he signs your face, your immediate... Yeah, this, leave that there and I'll get that tattooed, Jeremy Beadle's. That's definitely one you would regret, wouldn't it, the, mor- the morning afterwards? I'd say it would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Have yes, you got any sir. reader's trousers for us? Or? Well, I haven't got any reader's trousers oh, today, though. We did have some on the other day. On, yeah, we uh, did. Yeah, we could have too much extra. of a good thing, yeah. So, <laughs> if you really like reader's trousers... Yeah, <coughs> listen to the podcast on Monday. But you're right there, Andy. No, a bit, fine. bit dry. No, no absolutely dry. fine. Okay. Uh, Terry Rafferty from Leeds has written to The Sun. He says... That's very close to Jerry Rafferty. <coughs> oh, is. blimey. Did I thump you on the back? No, I'm fine, Josh. Okay. So uh, he, he basically... I'd say this is the most optimistic letter I've read for a long time. He yeah. says, What will Manchester City do when owner Sheikh Mansour decides he's bought enough trophies and buys another sports team, American football or baseball, spring to mind. Look out, Erling Haaland and teammates. Championship, here you come. Championship, <laughs> that's, a, that's a very bitter that's United so optimist- fan, I think. Ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? That's not going to happen. Doctors uh, could be soon sending you emojis. You know when you get an email from the surgery? Yeah. They're now going to contain emojis. So I was thinking, actually, what would you get? Scream if the tests or results are adverse. So what, the that means, if they're okay. Is it, uh, yeah. <laughs> is it like the thing with the sweat? They send you one when <clears throat> the test results haven't come back and it's just somebody sweating. <laughs> Why are they sending emojis? That doesn't seem to give it the gravitas it deserves. I know. So. It may replace traditional measures because of their universal appeal. Say boffins. Oh, no. Boffins. I never that wrong. Boffins. That sounds like a very bad idea. Or rude boffin. Um, anything else? Well, I might have. Okay, well, look, don't <laughs> keep it to yourself then, really. <laughs> don't be confrontational about it. It's a simple question. That's an interesting story from Wrexham. Did you see that with their shirts yesterday? Mm-hmm. I haven't got anything <clears> funny to say about it, but it's just, it shows how popular and how how big that TV show what? was. Tell us the story, Andy. Uh, basically, their shirts, they put them on sale. It's a new shirt with a... They've got a new sponsor, United Airways. United not Airlines. Airlines, Airlines yeah. Airlines, not all Working the sponsorship, isn't it? United Airways. <laughs> they're, they're a slightly different company. They've got <laughs> the one plane, the biplane. <laughs> that's what i to Cardiff, with. it does. That's it. Uh, club officials saw the demand crash its ordering system, causing a flood of complaints as touts cashed in, I never believe this, by selling shirts for a treble the price at £180. Surely Wrexham will just make more and they'll sell them at retail well, price know, just what, if you want to wait. They've said, uh, please note, we're aware of the delays. Sorry for any inconvenience. So yeah. I expect they'll be ordering a few more. It's got, they've got this massive global fan base now. You've got all these tourists mm. sort of going to all the famous sites from the TV show coming over at the States. People are uh, making a, a sort of detour. They wouldn't have gone to Wrexham before. They're having a day in Wrexham as part of their trip around the I know, UK. It's quite a strange thing, yeah. isn't it? But, you know, it's good for Wrexham. Talking of which, um, it's Paul Mullin had such a fine season for him up front. Um, Rob Page has been talking about him as a potential I, Wales player. Yes, I'd love to see him playing at a higher level. Yeah. I'd really be fascinated. Well, I think I he's more than talks, capable of that. I heard someone on TalkSpot, I can't remember who it was, I was listening, there was a discussion about him and saying, no, he, he's probably League One, that's probably... But, you know, you look at him and think, surely 
scoring is scoring. Yeah, well, they know. said that about Jamie Vardy, of course. Yeah, I, um, I think he looks good. But uh, Rob Page, he said it in the nicest possible way, and you know what he means. He says, uh, if you forget his goal scoring and his eye for goal, I like him because he's a pain in the backside to play against. He's like a rat. Yes, you know, you know what it means? Exactly that. He said, yeah. I love his work right. Um, but I think they said they're going to monitor him in, in League Two. And if it keeps going the way it is going, he could well be in League One. But anyway, uh, we'll be chatting very soon to Fintap, who's joining us in the studio. Do keep your emails, texts, and tweets coming. Um, I once got the autograph of the great Sir Stanley Matthews on a cornflake box. I had nothing for him to sign when I asked him. He just took uh, his cornflakes out of his trolley, ripped it open, signed the back, and gave it to me. Good Lord. That. Well, you know, would Pelé have done that? I don't know. <laughs> What's happened to this box, Dan? <laughs> That's Riley in Stoke. Thank you very much, uh, Riley. So you can keep those coming. Talksport.com, text 81089. Tweet TSHJ, Lee the Courier. I met the golfer Robert Carlson mm. in boots in Bexley Heath. He was staying locally due to playing in the uh, playing the London club. Um, I had nothing really to sign apart from the receipt I just bought my stuff with. So he signed that. So there we are. A uh, beautiful boots receipt with Robert Carlson. I wonder how often he looks at that. How often he goes and uh, checks that out. Not that often. The, what's that old story about Spike Milligan where some bloke came up to him and said, can I have your autograph, please? Mm. And he said, well, why do you want it? He said, well, I just, I'll, I'll treasure it and look at it. You're one of my heroes. He said, OK, I'll give it to you, but what's your address? So he, he took the guy's address and about five years later, he knocked on the <laughs> bloke's door. Ridiculous. Knocked on the bloke's door and said, it's Spike. He said, I bet you can't lay your hands on that autograph. <laughs> Did he? I, I'm know? not sure. I mean, I imagine he rooted round the house. It's I don't know if it was story. framed. Yeah, it does sound a bit Spike Milligan, doesn't it? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Now we're joined in the studio by Finn Tapp, uh, the Love Island winner and former professional footballer. He was released by uh, MK Dons, um, probably didn't see it coming, and now works with young players uh, at academy level and kind of prepares them for the fact that it might not all work out and maybe they should be considering what they might do if football doesn't work out for them. Uh, good afternoon, Finn. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting area, this, because uh, you're going into clubs and you were just saying off air, some of the people are engaged, some of the boys just saying, oh, can I just get my boots on? Because they don't want to face up to the fact that this might not work out. They may not become pros. Uh, I'm wondering what the attitude of the clubs is. Are they thinking they want the guys to be very focused and very driven and have the belief that they are going to make it or do, do they want their eyes open to the fact that, you know, they may have to look for an alternative career? Yeah, I mean, um, I think there's certainly a, a side of that in terms of if, you are, if you've got an eye on your second option, does that mean that you're not 100% mm. on the main goal, which mm. is ultimately become a professional footballer? Um, but I think there, there's a lot more that could be done to perhaps um, help these young players realise the fact that they can open up their eyes and look at other avenues and stuff like that, whilst also um, devoting their 100% effort into into football. Yeah. And and the clubs the clubs themselves sort of welcome you in. And, um, I mean, what do the parents make of it? Do you get feedback? Do you get, ever get feedback from sort of parents of what they've made of what you've been Do you know what? Them? I have had a couple of messages through social media after I've been in um, to talk to the boys at the football clubs where, you know, whether it's a mum, dad... Um, have messaged me saying, you know, my son was in talk today. Really appreciate you coming in. Um, and it's it's stuff that you know the boys they're they're what seventeen, eighteen years old. No one wants to be the first to put their hand up to ask you a question or say, you know, this yeah. is I've mm-hmm. taken this from it or whatever. And I understand that because when I was in that position, I was the exact same. Um, so it's nice to get that little bit of feedback from a parent, the coach after it, whatever it is, just to know that the message that I am trying to put across has sunk in, although the players perhaps didn't really give that impression yeah you were there for eight years it's a long time isn't it from what from how old were you when you started uh, i was i was eight years old so pre-academy i signed with them um and i got let go at 18 19 so yeah about 10 11 years it was long, um so yeah it was a long time especially for one club because it's like it's all you ever know it was 15 minutes down the road from from where i lived so it was very much my my world at the time so was it that day that happens at the club when all the guys go in and are told whether they're going to be kept on, going to get a new contract, and you all sort of went in one after the other? Yeah, so, um, you know, with the senior players, it's it's very much the negotiations are happening pretty much from, I don't know, maybe four or five uh, months before the end of the season, whereas this, I, us young boys, I suppose, where I was only on a one-year contract, I, I need to show them as much as I can for as long as I can. So our decisions really came maybe one or two months before the end of the season and all of us young boys that were in the same position sort of gathered in the changing room after training one day um, and we were getting called in one by one. Um, I think I was the fourth the fourth to go in and um, there was a couple of still waiting in the changing room, but... I sort of just bypassed him and went home. It was a it was a rough day. Yeah, it was it's a rough horrible. Day. Can you remember the <clears throat> the conversation then, Finn? Yeah, yeah, no, I can. I, uh, it was my, one of my coaches actually. It wasn't <clears throat> the manager himself? It was the coach that pulled me into the manager's office, um, sat me down, and within the first sort of sentence, he sort of told me that I wasn't going to get extended. My contract was sort of up, and. It's a weird one because they try and give you a few reasons and stuff like that. But being young, I mean, nineteen, I was. Um, emotionally probably still had a lot of development to go. Mm. So as soon as you hear um, you've been let go, 
you don't want to hear why. Yeah. You just hear, you just right, hear okay, I'm yeah, not good enough. Good I'll, I'll sort of get home. We were saying, though, before we started that it's different at Premier League academies because if you get cut by the Premier League academy, yeah, you're massively disappointed, but you're likely to have a job in professional football. But a League One, it's harder, isn't it? Where do you go from there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you, you've got sort of Cat 1 Academy, Cat 2, Cat 3, or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, and yeah, like you say, when you're going to the professional side of thing and you've got Premier League Championship and League 1 and League 2, MK Dons at that time were League 2 when I got let go. So you sort of take a step back and you look at going, right, okay, realistically, I'm probably going to have to drop down a couple of levels, uh, com- National Conference, Conference South, Conference North. Um, but I think there's a lot of boys that there's a stigma around non-league football and they think, oh, no, I've been a pro at a, an EFL side. I- I'm not going to drop down. But mm. I think that was the best thing that I ever done was dropping down because it just allowed me to play men's football. I was playing week in, week out and... You know, I, I was part of the starting eleven that got pulled aside to work on shape for the weekend. I wasn't part of the squad that was not involved at the weekend and having to do mm. five five aside on the on the side of the pitch. When you're cut from the club, you said you've been there since you were eight years old. So you, when that happens, are you that is that it? I mean, is there something wrong with the system that means you're just cut adrift? Should there be a bit more help from the clubs that are releasing you after that that sort of time? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty. Um, <clears throat> it was like ripping the bandage off. It was done and dusted pretty pretty quick um partly through my side partly through the club side um they sort of wanted you back you know in at training and stuff like that but again probably emotionally immature I, I decided you know if if I'm at a club that I know don't want me next season I'd rather keep fit myself and look at other avenues sort of myself mm. um but then equally you know I, I came off of a, a tv show that when you come off of it you've got a welfare officer hounding you, you know, every week. Mm. How are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need any help with anything sort of thing? Um, and I would love to see more of that in football clubs. I'm, I'm sure there are some football clubs that have that put in place. Um, but it would be good to make it, you know, a, a wider a wider source yeah. of... See, I would have thought they, they would have, clubs would have welfare officers like that. Yeah, uh, no, and, that, you know, there may be positions yeah. like that in the clubs, but certainly from my experience, I would have loved to have that someone uh, that would ring me up and, and mm. be like, right, this is how you're getting on. I know it's difficult, but, you know, we've got tons of contacts at this club, we've got this and we've got that. Um, just to make sure that, you know, the the welfare of that young pro that has just been let go, um, his unis are still in university, uh, his pals are still in university, mm. um, haven't even started their careers, and yours has already hit such a massive hurdle. I think there should be maybe a little bit more in place to, to help yeah. help that. It's it's a job that they all hate, whether it's academy level or at the very top, when you, you're telling players you're letting them go. Uh, it's incredibly tough. Um, but, you know, it's a cold, hard business decision, but there is human collateral, isn't there? You, you kind of wonder if there is a... Is there an easier way to do it? I don't know. Yeah, of course. I mean, because, you know, these young young boys that have got into the in the environment they started football because they loved it and it was their passion they enjoyed it and then you very quickly without knowing pass through that stage into the cutthroat side of things where you know contracts are involved and and you are getting cut and you're seeing your pals who you've grown up and played with get cut and you've stayed on and and stuff like that so yeah no I think there's uh, certainly a side of it which perhaps just need to um, educate the young players about the cutthroat side of it N- not shying away from telling them how difficult it is sometimes mm. well, well you went and played non-league after that didn't you yeah yeah no I signed with Oxford City um, <clears throat> the next season and I absolutely loved it I'd sort of fell out, fell out of love with football at, at MK Dons because I wasn't playing and, yeah. and stuff like that but when I signed for Oxford City in the Conference South I loved it I was playing week in week out it was men's football 
Um, and it was there was just a buzz around it, and I was enjoying my football again because I knew, you know, my training during the week was getting put into into the games on Saturday. And that, that question I meant to ask earlier on was, did you see it coming? Did you think you were going to go in that day and, and be cut? Did you have it at the back of the mind, or were you pretty confident you were going to get another year? Um, I didn't know until, I would say, a month before the decision. Mm. And I naively probably just thought, you know, I'm a young pro, they'll give me another one, because it was a... It was a year's contract with a with an option of a of a second year, yeah. and I was just thinking, you know, that I haven't been played much, so how can it, how has he seen enough for to not want me? If that makes sense, sure. Um, and it wasn't until a month before where I just thought, no, nah, I ain't really got a a great feeling about this. Yeah. And you think, obviously, your notoriety, your sort of celebrity through the show, and the fact that the kids at the academies probably watch Love Island and know yeah. you are, helps when you go in there. It's a bit more relatable. Yeah, and I think it's, um, as as well as that, the, the side of things where I only went through this three and a half, four years ago, um, when I used to have talks uh, when I was in the youth team, um, if you're hearing it from, say, an ex-pro who's had a very successful um, long career in football, um, come in and talk to you about sort of the possibilities of what you need to do if you don't make it and stuff like that, I feel like you sit there and go, it's all right for you to say because you yeah. haven't been yeah, through that. Sure, Whereas I went through it four <clears throat> years ago. I'm just hoping to sit down and do it in a way where I'm not coming across as the bitter person that didn't make it. And now mm. I'm telling you, you're not going to make it. But just do it in a way whereby it's relatable and, um, you know, tell them what you enjoyed, what you found difficult, the sacrifices you had to make. Um, yeah, doing it in a way where they can be engaged in in the conversation is the most important thing, I think. So we get a lot of people from the world of football listening. So if, if they would like you to come in and chat to their players, you do this through a friend's business, is that right? So um, it's mainly through my um, my press team. They're, right. they're brilliant and trying to organise stuff. But in terms of contacts, um, yeah, one of my pal, Robbie Simpson, who I played at Don's with, he's got a company called Life After Professional Sports. Okay. Um, so I went and done a workshop with him not long ago um, to a few clubs uh, down at Cholton. Um, so he's brilliant at, at doing that as well. But I mainly through sort of contacts through my phone book, my uh, my press team's phone book. We try and get into as many clubs as possible. Okay, well, if if people want to get in touch with us, we'll pass on your details to Finn. But uh, you've been watching this series? I have been. I have been. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like it's one of them that it comes out. You're like, no, I'm not going to watch this one. But as soon as it's on, <laughs> as soon as it's on, you're just addicted to it. Yeah. Was it a good experience? Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. It was a one in a lifetime experience. Yeah. And you know, I was halfway through the season at Oxford where I said that I was really enjoying my football. And it was just one of those that because it's so alien and because it's one of these things that just don't happen to a lot of people, I thought, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to go for it. There's always a lot of footballers. There's a footballer in this series, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Tyreek. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, and I think they always do quite well. Yeah, if I say so myself. So I reckon he'll be, uh, he'll be. Uh, he's got a chance. He's got a chance. Definitely. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Finn, good to see you. Yeah. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's a it's very useful uh, service, I think. Although the boys may not appreciate it at 17, 18, um, I'm sure their parents do as well. So to kind of keep the kids' feet on the ground. But yeah, good to meet you. Thanks for coming. No, thanks for having me, guys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We asked you earlier on, they've got mm. quite a lot of these we haven't got round to, so we may even touch on a couple tomorrow. We don't let your fine work go to waste because there's some quite good ones there. But we asked you that when you wanted to get the autograph of someone famous uh, and you didn't really have your autograph book on your piece of paper, mm. what did you get them to sign? Um, this one is Billy the Billy the Red 
from Manchester. He says, 1976, we're in London for the FA Cup. Whilst walking around Covent Garden, we bumped into Bob Todd, comedian, character actor, a very funny man mm. on the Benny Hill show. He's a very, mm. very tall uh, guy with a bald head, not yeah. little uh, Jackie, the, the, the tall the one. Tall one, yeah. Funny man. Yeah, he did lots of telling, he's, uh, lots of stuff. He said he'd been in a market trader's pub since the early hours and was slightly worse for wear, oh. old Bob. My mate had a plaster cast on his arm and asked Bob for an autograph. Uh, uh, Bob duly obliged by signing the plaster and wished as well. On our way at Wembley, my pal was telling people the story, so someone on the train asked to see it. My pal uh, had to lift and twist his arm because Bob had signed the back of the cast and mm. he hadn't been able to look at it yet. Uh, <laughs> <I can> imagine. <laughs> uh, when he saw it, the people around us just started laughing. We finally got to look at it and it said, Best wishes off Bob Todd. <laughs> he was a very funny drunk, says uh, says Billy. Thank you very much for that. And um, yeah, some weird and wonderful stuff. I got Paul Ince to sign an army memo after he'd left Pizza in Stockport with his wife and a very small Tom in a pushchair. I was working in the Army Careers Office at the time, says uh, Dunk. And, oh, yeah, I was at an event uh, which Robbie Fowler was talking at a few years back. 13th of Feb, he says. I unexpectedly met my boyhood hero, um, Fowler, afterwards, but I had nothing uh, in my bag for him to sign. Almost nothing. Just my wife's Valentine's Day card. <laughs> I wonder about the relevance of the date. He didn't only sign it, but wrote the message for her, too. She was not impressed. Oh, well. It's been the start of a beautiful relationship. So, uh, yeah, thank you for those. There's, there's been some good ones. We'll try and squeeze some more in. If not t today, then maybe even tomorrow. We carry it over. Nothing goes to waste. Oh, we don't waste anything. Have you got anything for us? You can, if yes. you want something very quickly, you can, Andy. They're uh, hearing a lot about AI, aren't we, at the moment? Yeah. <clears throat> Artificial intelligence. Mm. And uh, now they've, they're working on a, an, an AI chef. It's basically a sort of robot that can make food. And, and, sort of, and to illustrate it, the Daily Star decided to take a, a picture of Mary Berry. Mm. And it says here... Um, pop, like popular food shows presented by National Treasure Mary Berry 88 left as an a a AI bot. Oh, they yeah. basically give her one of Mary's floral dresses yeah. and a blue head from Avatar. Yeah. Tremendous. What a great <laughs> mock-up. Well done to the graphics department. <laughs> oh, they well really done, put their back into that and one. And this bloke wrote to the star. He said, I was 13 or 14 when the goodies were on TV in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Even at that tender age, I knew they were childish and unfunny. I was thinking, did, this get, did this get lost in the post, this letter? <laughs> He probably, yeah, <laughs> having point? a pop at Timbrook Taylor and the gang <laughs> all those years. Why was I must probably kept him awake and I can't wait to write in the papers. I'm going to get this off my chest. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, there we are. That was some of the highlights of this afternoon's show. I'll be back tomorrow with uh, Charlie Baker. Andy, you will be joining us, won't you? I will. For the, the birthday, birthday spread. The writers, what are the gags like? The, yeah, the, writers the writer's are, strike is unaffected. They're, they're, Scab labour you've been using. Bit, yeah. Oh, OK. And, you uh, do your, all your own stuff, don't you? You're a writer-performer. I am, yeah. So uh, you felt OK not to <laughs> join the strike. Anyway, we'll do that tomorrow with Charlie. Do hope you can join us. If not, the podcast will be available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 